You're listening to No Nonsense Sales from Salesloft, your weekly dose of sales fun where we interview some of the biggest names in sales and separate sales fact from fiction. And here's your host, Tom Boston. Is sales a science? Yes, it's time to get scientific this week on No Nonsense Sales. You might have heard people talk about the science of sales before. You got to treat your sales process like a science experiment. So get your goggles on and let's find out this week if it's a fact or a fiction. I put the question to you on LinkedIn, is sales a science? You were kind of split down the middle. 55% of you said, yes, it is. 45% said, no, it's not really. A really close one this week. Let's jump into the comments. Ryan Peters, 30% of science, 75% an art, plus you need to be good at maths. That's probably why they put me on the marketing team. Thanks for your comment, Ryan. Uh, Pontus Homland said, if you don't treat it as a science, you will remain exactly as good as you are at the time. As soon as you start treating it as a science by developing theories based on data and testing them to measure the results, you can start to improve. I love that, Pontus. Thank you so much. And Junior Latte simply said, it's both, lol. He just so happens to be my guest this week. He's the senior account executive at Avoma. He's your man for AE tips and tricks. Talks about the field of sales being similar to the soccer field or football, as we say. And you can have the same approach to both soccer and sales. He talks about practice, study, play, repeat, which I think is great. But what does Junior make of the science of sales? He interviews AEs every week for his own podcast, How Ideal. And he told me that he hears the good, the bad, and the ugly of the life of a seller. So, of course, we started with the ugly. Yes. Okay, some ugly parts. One is like multi-threading going wrong, where your champion feels like you totally usurped their power. That's never never a great feeling. Uh, AEs feeling like they're being sidelined. You know, because VPs are like, we've got to get revenue. We have to like get things in the door. So they start to like take over the deals. Um, and then, you know, some of the really ugly is like you work a deal for six to eight months and then you're getting an email back that just says we want a different direction. And it's like six months, eight months of work. We're not entitled to anything, but you certainly think there's got to be some type of like close off conversation where you can get more context, have some understanding because. AEs are going to get pressured by the VP. VP is going to be pressured by CEO, right? And it's this like vicious cycle where if the AE can't get anything, it's it's not fun. It's not a fun position to be in. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been in that very situation, right? Um, what what are your top tips then for someone who who gets a we've gone in a different direction email? Here's the hardest part. Yeah, we go in a different direction. If it's just an email template, that means like you throughout the deal have really no one that you can call a champion, right? Like a champion would totally be willing to send that email and then drop you a text or give you a call. Um, whenever that happens with me, I just immediately pick up the phone, right? Like I will just call Tom and hopefully I catch him. If not, I'll, I'll leave a voicemail that just says, hey, Tom, got the email. It's really unfortunate news. I like express my disappointment and then say, I understand. We'd just like to close up some things on my end. Can we chat? Right. And I think it's one, I think it's really important to like express how like frustrated or like almost like sad you are that they either didn't go your direction or that it like ended this way. Um, Cause the, you want to tie them to the emotion, right? Like if you're just like, Oh, that sucks. Can we chat? 
you know, they might not be willing to do that. But uh, if you can throw some emotion in there, you may get better responses. Um, but if if that's all you get, it likely means throughout the whole deal, there were like missteps along the entire way and it's hard to claw back. I think referencing those missteps as well would be a really, a really strong start. So kind of saying to your your prospects, look, when we reconnect in maybe 12 months time, whatever it may be, um, I want to know what those missteps were. So let's have a quick conversation to make sure that we don't get it wrong next time. I think framing yeah. it in that way, you know, like you said, rather than, oh, I'm upset that I'm not getting commission. Can we please, can, <laughs> can we have a phone call? Like the prospect goes, well, no, actually, because I don't see the need in it. But again, it's about getting into the mind of your your buyer. Um, and sometimes it's the opposite, Tom, where it's like, hey, I... I did not see this coming. I really thought we were aligned and you lay out all the right steps that you took, you know, and it's, you're kind of like, you could take both approaches, but I like, yeah, that'll be, if you've done everything you can, it'll be like, I thought we aligned here. We've had, we had this conversation. We talked about like the ROI of this thing and this specific project is something we solve for. And then towards the end, you're like, maybe I misunderstood the like project at large. Can we talk about it? Right. So both ways would work really well. Yeah, so understanding the project, I think that's that's a, a really big takeaway for me. Um, if you're speaking to AEs, that's got to be right up the top of the list there, right, in terms of their priorities, really understanding the needs for their prospects and what projects they've got at, at the moment. Um, what, what are your thoughts on getting into kind of buyer mindset and making sure they align? What, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, uh, one when you get into the buyer mindset, you just like have a lot of realization, like realization really opens up where you start to think it, it totally changes your approach, right? You start to think like, okay, it's not their full-time job. Uh, my competitors trying to do the same thing with them. They are still having to show up for their own team and do, you know, their day-to-day operations. So when that realization hits, you start to like, how can I approach it differently or be like over communicative, which is kind of my go-to. I will give you way more information than you need uh, to make sure that we are aligned, (laughs) you know, and that tends to be like a good experience. I hear a lot of buyers say like, Hey, I really appreciate you sending over that workspace. I, you know, I passed that through the team and it was really informative. I actually didn't realize that, you know, such a priority about some AI scorecard thing we do was such a hot ticket item, you know? Um, so I tend to be like over communicative and um, pull a bunch of information into like a really nice space for them to have. I mean, the more you know, the better, right? They, you, you, you can't know too much because all that information is going to help you out. I think it ties into um, what, what you talk about, which is like almost having a um an approach that might even be scientific and i know that that's something a lot of sellers have 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 kind of taken on now um do you believe in that does that align what does your sales cycle look like is it is it scientific yeah good question when you say scientific within the sales like frame this is what i think of okay my sales cycle is one to two month there's typically five ish stakeholders and we hold around six meetings that's my scientific approach. So if I am trying to work every deal based on what is scientifically proven, I need to have a deal that's one to two months. I need to be involving five stakeholders and we have to have at least six meetings, 
right? Um, so there, there's like, that's the scientific numbers behind it. The reality is, uh, if, if I need to, I'm willing to hop on with 10 AEs on an individual one-to-one level to get this thing across the line, right? Like the reality of the situation is so far different than like the scientific approach. Scientific approach is more so the guidelines, like get you in the right room, get you to the right meetings, get you talking to the right people. And then all the other stuff outside of that, I guess you can just call experiments. Yeah. I love the idea of, um, sales science experiments right um trying different things seeing what works that that takes me right back to my school days um we we talk about selling with our head selling with our hearts i don't know if you've heard that before um what what do you think about that from a sales uh, perspective selling with our heads versus our hearts i'll, I'll pick a side i hate when people are like ah oh, well it's both because of course it's both but i think if you put the same person right? Like clone junior and one sells with his head, one sells with his heart. I feel like the heart person's got to win every time, right? Cause you're like, you care, you're way more passionate about the vision. You are more driven to get the solution across the line, right? There's just like way more grit behind it. Whereas like not every single thing is so factual, you know, like not everybody cares about uh, the reality of what it can do as much as like, I don't know, just the the passion that you can put behind something. Yeah, I love that. And I think that if you can get your buyers to feel that passion, I know that's where I've seen success and a lot a lot of um, sellers out there um, are, are kind of, yeah, getting their, their buyers excited about not just their platform, but their kind of future state. Um, do you think that's important from a buyer perspective then? So like uh, if we go back to that head and heart, do you think, buyers are using their head or their heart during the process i would like to say buyers use their head more than their heart um right because they at the end of the day like it's their revenue it's their business so they have to make the right decisions but that's not to say that uh it's not to say that they can't be influenced by someone using their heart and i feel like i've just seen a major drop off in like ROI experiments and ROI, like talking, it used to be, you know, can, can you show me the ROI of what we're doing? And, uh, in a lot of sellers that I talk to, like, that's actually not a big part of the sales process, you know, and like saving, saving time and saving money. It's, it's not a hook anymore. And so there's gotta be other aspects that you can bring to the table. Yeah. So let me throw this one at you then. So you've got, you've got a, a seller who's listening to this right now. And they're thinking to themselves, oh, I talk a lot about saving time and saving money. How can they, how can they reframe those talk tracks when they're, and when they're reaching out to, um, to prospects? Yeah. Uh, just scrub it entirely. Like don't, don't worry about time. Don't worry about money. Worry about the experience that you're providing. Right. And experience may, you may want to like tie the value of the product to the experience that the users will get, like the people that will actually use it and happiness and emotion, right? Stay away, stay away from any of the, the time money equation and go to like the emotion side of what your product will actually do for them. 
That's great, yeah, because there's plenty of people who are reaching out to me at the moment who can save me lots of time and lots of money. It seems like everyone can <laughs> save time and money, so it's all about kind of standing out and being different. Um, okay, great stuff. So if we if we had to pin it down then, um, sales is a science, would we say that's a fact or a fiction? I think I know what side you land on, but talk me through it. Uh, I would say, jeez. Oh, Again, I'll pick a side. I'll say it's a fiction. Okay. 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 Interesting. <laughs> because it, everything is so muddy and so chaotic. So you can do all the right steps and get the wrong output. You know, um, whereas the reality is if I'm talking to a CRO and the CRO, like I never loop in like a, a marketing person, but if the CRO says, hey, we got to get marketing on board because they partly own the budget, I'm calling the marketing person. You know, and that's not a stakeholder that I talk to. That's not part of the science of the typical deal. Uh, so I think there's a little bit too much chaos uh, to call it a fact right now. Like you said, and I think a lot of sales listening will know, there's a lot of curveballs in, in sales. And there's many things that happen week to week that you've never dealt with. And it's all about how do you how do you face that? So yeah, thanks for your insights on that. Um, really enjoyed chatting with you. We we end with a song, a pump up song that you might uh, put on if you were going to do some selling. Have you thought about um, the song that you'd like to end the show with? Yes. So whenever I, I queue up a cold call sesh, I tend to lean toward like 90s rap or 2000s rap early, you know. So uh, Lil John is one of my favorites. So let's, let's see you throw back to Snap Your Fingers. I'd, I'd love to see that. Well, I'd love to say that, um, you know, I'm a big Lil John fan, um, but I've not snapped my fingers for a while. I'll, I'll give it a go on the, on the podcast, though. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, Julia. Yes, thanks for having me, Tom. Appreciate it. Looking around the club, what do I see? Everybody rocking side side to the beat, snapping their fingers, bouncing to the groove, all by themselves. That's the new move. Huh, little John on No Nonsense Sales, not to be confused with Little John from Robin Hood. Easy mistake to make. If you would like to hear that track wrapped as it was meant to be wrapped, head over to Spotify right now. We've just added it to the No Nonsense Sales playlist. While you're there, why not subscribe to this very podcast so you don't miss next week's episode? Or you can subscribe on your podcast player of choice, whatever works for you. But thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.